1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com.
2: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of WWL Sports Talk. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abier. We are live from Rouse's Markets, 4500 Chapatula Street, uptown in New Orleans. Come on by and visit us. We'll be here in Until four o'clock. It's New Year's Day celebration. You can get up to five pounds of cabbage free when you purchase a five pound bag of Rouser's red, russet, or gold potatoes. Limit one per customer. So come on by, do your holiday shopping, or if you don't want to cook, they got plenty. Things you can buy that you can kind of munch on as you're watching football Well, you hanging gotta, out with the family.
3: Ma, you got to eat some cabbage to bring in the new year. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, know cash you, money, uh, you can cabbage.
2: You, you can do that. I ain't never done that before. Uh, I, uh, Me ca- and cabbage, we don't get along no, real well.
3: Black-eyed peas, cabbage, <laughs> uh, I do it all. Uh, Black-eyed peas for luck, uh, cabbage, uh, money to get paid. Uh, so I, I eat a bunch of cabbage and black-eyed peas because I want to be as lucky as I could be and get paid.
2: But sometimes that cabbage—see, I don't eat it. Sometimes it works the other way.
3: Oh, okay, but it, it, it don't work for me. But it helps your digestive system. Or does it yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bob uh
2: basically, it's do or die Sunday for the Saints tomorrow as they play Tampa Bay. Uh, you lose, and it's uh, good night, Irene, for the season. Yeah. And for the Bucks, it would mean three straight
3: one. NFC. Titles. South titles. Yeah, uh, Mike, uh, Tammabay just has to win one of two. That's it. Uh, even though we beat him, we got to hope uh, Carolina is going to beat Man, Now, Good luck I mean, with that. I mean, I say good luck with that, but Mike, when Carolina beat Atlanta, I was kind of shocked when that happened. Atlanta kind of gave the game away, so you never know. But I think more of the route. Now, that's uh, the
2: worst thing that happened to Atlanta. You know why? They pulled the plug on Desmond Ritter.
3: Right, right. And, and then they got more stability <laughs> they, with uh, Taylor Heineke. Heineke. instead. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, looking at uh, a scenario, and it's kind of bizarre because, uh, you know, you always look at mathematically whether you're in or out, would be the wild card. Okay, because we all know it's kind of simplistic when, if you're going to win the NFC South or not. But you look at uh, the teams that are involved in the wild card race with the Saints. You know what's uh, discouraging is that uh, the tiebreakers are a, bit, a big issue facing the Saints. You know, when you have, okay, what of this, uh, head-to-head. Uh, you know what you do in the NFC uh, it doesn't bode. Well, uh, the tiebreakers is a big issue facing the Saints New Orleans is one of six NFC teams with either a seven and eight or eight and seven record going into week 17 The first tiebreaker for the wild card seeding is head-to-head record and the Saints have lost uh, Four of the other five teams. They are competing with for those two spots. So we've lost four or five now uh, Mike uh, they would need to finish uh, with a better record uh, than three of uh, the four following teams to secure a wild card, uh, a wild card berth: Green Bay, Minnesota, the LA Rams, and Seattle. Now, Green Bay and Minnesota can knock out them last. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, now Green Bay <laughs> and Minnesota play each other in Week 17. Now, looking at the two NFC North teams, uh, the ideal, most likely scenario. Now, this could happen. Uh, look, it's not, this is not far fetched. Looking at the two NFC North uh, teams, the ideal, most likely scenario is for Minnesota to beat Green Bay this week. That can happen. And then to lose to Detroit in uh, Week 18. But they're starting a rookie quarterback this week, Darian Hall from BYU.
2: So, man, look all the quarterbacks they have went through, Bob. Right. Uh, Kirk, Kirk goes down. Then they go to Josh. Then they go from Josh to Nick Mullins. <laughs> now from Nick Mullins to Darien Hall.
3: Well, that, that, that scenario, uh, you need Minnesota to beat Green Bay this week, then lose to Detroit in Week 18. Uh, that will leave the two teams in NFC West, uh, both of which have one game lead on the Saints in the standings and a tie-breaking advantage, which in, in Seattle's case would come down to the 4th tiebreaker, strength of victories in order for New Orleans to beat uh, one of those teams Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Now, uh, what what they need right now, uh, one of the two available wild card spots, we either need the Rams or the Seahawks to lose both of their last games. So I I mentioned about like six or seven things that have to happen. I don't think the Rams or the Seahawks are going to go 0-2 to end the season. Now, um, the Rams have two road games remaining against the Giants. I don't know what Giants team is going to show up. And then they have the 49ers. So, yeah, you can see the 49ers. I don't know about the Giants. And the Seahawks host the Steelers. You know, the Steelers, that they've been one of those teams. Flip a coin. With Mason. Uh, but Mikey played awesome last uh, week. Uh, he did, but that, that may have been his one shot. And, and, and then you'd have to, uh, before finishing off, with the Cardinals on the road at Arizona. But division game again. Now, both uh, the Rams and the Seahawks win in Week 17. <clears throat> The Saints' only remaining chance to make the playoffs would be to win out and hope the Buccaneers lose to the Panthers in week 18. So I gave you a bunch of information out there, and we'll know after week 17 what's going to come about. But the teams that we still, you have to pay attention to games, what occur as far as a wild card, but what's going to happen with Green Bay, Minnesota, the L.A. Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks. After hearing you go through all that, I know why people buy Powerball
2: tickets. I times. have a chance. <laughs> Because listen, if you, you, you don't buy, you don't have a chance to you win gotta it. Be at, yes, you got to be so, in it. You got to be in it. You know, one of the things that certainly—I uh, don't think any of us thought that this would happen. How well Baker Mayfield has played! Oh, he's and, uh, unbelievable. You, you got to give him his props. Uh, that uh, they didn't have a lot of a running game early. Then Rashad White has come on really well uh, the last couple of weeks, and there's only six other players in the NFL that have more total yards from scrimmage yes. uh, this year than Rashad White, third-round pick. And I remember, Bob, when he was at Arizona State, uh, Herm Edwards, I went to a coaching clinic, and Herm was talking there, and I asked him about Rashad White, and he said, you know who he reminds me of? And I almost fell. He said, Marcus Allen. But look at his running style. He runs straight up in the air, just like Marcus did. And he's a really good receiver. Oh, now, he's an unbelievable,
3: unbelievable pass <laughs> receiver running back.
2: I, I think he was more talking about style than talent. Yeah. Right. But uh, I understand it now uh, because when you watch him, he's a bit of a tall, high-in-the-saddle cowboy runner. Uh, you know, he gives you a lot of body to hit. And, man, he catches the ball well. He runs well between the tackles. He's got some scoot off the edge. So, I, I get it. I get what Herm said.
3: Well, and Mike, the quarterback uh, dishing the ball out, uh, Baker Mayfield, I think we all were kind of wrong on that, even from oh, a national perspective. In August, nobody we were, was right on that. We said, there. no, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, considering now he did have a, a flash in the pan with the Rams, but not so much oh, with Carolina. One, one game, yeah, Thursday, yeah. And right then game. all of a sudden he took advantage of opportunity. But I always look at what he's done for me lately in their last two wins against the Packers and the Jaguars. He's completing 76% of his passes. 664 yards, six touchdowns, and no interceptions. In those two wins, he has a quarterback rating, Mike, uh, a cumulative quarterback rating of 141.2. Wow. Uh, now, you might say, well, uh, with the Saints, are we going to stop that. Uh, well, you don't know, huh? think he's confident going against the Saints? In week four against uh, New Orleans, he had three touchdowns. He completed 78% of his passes. So, uh, like head coach Dennis Allen said, uh, Baker Mayfield brings a lot of confidence level to their team. He sure does. And, and you could see that. So, uh, Mike, to me, that's the difference. I wouldn't have said this in August, but who would you take right now, Derek Carr or Baker Mayfield? I'd take Baker in a heartbeat. And what Dar- do you even think about it? And Derek Carr makes uh, about $30 million more than him. And Baker's going to make like $6.6 million. Yes, uh, versus sure. Carr, 37 and a half. So when you look at bargain or bank for your buck, uh, I would not say that Derek Carr's uh, $30 million worth more uh, than Baker Mayfield. Bob, the, the one
2: matchup that normally got taken away when the Saints played the Bucks was Mike Evans. Uh, because him and Lattimore, man, they would square off. And Lattimore would get underneath his skin. And you could tell it bothered Mike. And they, they've had numerous pushing and fighting and everything else going on behind the scenes. But this week, no Lattimore. And he has been Baker Mayfield's go-to guy, and especially in the red zone or a deep play downfield.
3: Well, you know, uh, what's going to be the challenge is that um, – because there's been a strength. Uh, you know, we lead the NFL and passes defended with 90. we number one in the National Football League. So, And we both rank seventh. Uh, uh, well, I'm looking at, uh, I should say, in a category. Uh, can we run the ball against uh, Tampa Bay? I don't know. Uh, if Google you to v. they're ranked seventh, uh, against the run, uh, but we're seventh against the pass. Now, not so much with Baker Mayfield and how he burned us, but, uh, Mike, we are still giving up like 195 yards a game, but when you're talking about the weapons, like a Mike Evans or a Chris Godwin, for instance, like Chris Godwin. Okay. You look what he did. Uh, you know what he did in the week four meeting? He had eight catches for 114 yards. Uh, I don't think we stopped him. He's right at 900 yards receiving this year and can reach 1,000 yards receiving for the fourth time in the past five seasons, and that's the number two guy. So then you look at Mike Evans right now, leads the NFL with 13 receiving touchdowns. Anytime you double digits or 12 or more, well, he's already at 13 in the 2023 season, and he became the fifth player ever with five-plus career seasons uh, with 12-plus receiving touchdowns. So, he's a touchdown maker. Mike, uh, when you look at you, the fifth player in NFL history to have five uh, career seasons when you have 12-plus pl- receiving touchdowns. So, I know you can bet on that over and I-, I would say that Mike Evans probably going to have a receiving touchdown against the Saints t- uh, tomorrow. Uh, I would think. You know, the other guy that's gotten
2: involved quite a bit, a you know, Louisiana guy, Trey Palmer. Uh, Trey came to pitching catch camp, actually came to our David Elias um, Pro Football Combine camp a couple years. Uh, David uh, Trey was a great athlete, tremendous speed. Man, he could run. I think he. I think he may have the record for the fastest forty-yard dash time when we timed him. It, w- it was under four four. Uh, when he ran there, but he was a body snatcher, Bob, everything. He'd let that ball get right into his chest and catch it. So, man, when he went to LSU, and I remember talking to Coach O about it, you know, somebody's got to work with him on getting the ball out with his hands. He's like, Mike, it's a lot easier said than done. Right. Because it becomes a habit. Oh, yeah. After a while. He goes to Nebraska. Mickey Joseph is there. And now Mickey's, you know, the head coach not grambling. But Mickey was there at Nebraska, and they really worked on him catching a ball out front with his hands. Catching full 500 balls a day. And man, he has become a big element with them. You talk about a dude that's fast. Trey Palmer is
3: flat out fast. Well, the, the first game we played him, I think he scored a touchdown against us. And now uh, he caught it with his hands. But I can remember it was kind of like over the shoulder uh, type play. So, uh, yeah, the Tampa Bay has weapons and. Um, Mike, I still, you know, went a point and a half to two and a half point. Uh, Buccaneers are two and a half point favorite. Got a lot of money going on the Saints. Uh, I'm uh, telling you, it's unbelievable, I, but it is I, true. I, I thought they'd be like about a five, five and a half. <laughs> I point thought it favorite. would be at least four. I will be honest
2: with you, and they got a lot of people with cash now betting on the Saints that they're going to win this game again. Maybe they know something we don't know, uh, but um, I've seen that the last couple of weeks too that the Saints had a, a lot of heavy money on them, and, and that didn't quite pan out well we'll be back with more of a special edition of wwl sports talk live from rouse's markets 4500 chapatula street and uh, shop rouses for your black eyed peas and cabbage for new year's day we'll be back with more sports talk right after these messages here on the big 870
0: odyssey celebrates mother's day brought to you by t-mobile you can count on t-mobile to help you stay connected on america's largest 5g network
1: Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Welcome back to a special edition of WWL Sports Talk, live from Rouse's Markets. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon Bobby A. Bear. We'll be here until four o'clock this afternoon. Forty five hundred Chapatula Street. Rouse's has value packs on Swift pork chops, also Swift. Sirline pork rolls at 97 cents a pound. So come on by. Pick up all your holiday meal prep stuff here. And, uh, again, if you don't want to cook, they got stuff for that also. And also wine spirits, which you need for New Year's Eve and also for New Year's Day.
3: Mike, uh, I, I love all the memorabilia you have. I was just thinking, I said Mike probably has something. I don't know if he does. You know whose birthday it is today? And it's old school. That Sandy Koufax. Sandy, the Baseball Hall of Famer, he's, have, eight, he's 88 years old. You, I think today, it's Tiger yeah. Woods' birthday okay, and today. Tiger Woods is 48, 40 years younger. Yeah, Tiger Woods is 48. Sandy Koufax is uh, 88. and uh, I have a Life magazine. It's Sean Hannity's birthday, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have a Life magazine. Uh, it was rare back then that. A sports figure would be on the cover of Life. Now they don't, I don't even make Life no more. And, and that uh, was yeah. years ago. Yeah, and, and I got a, I got a baseball and also that that Life magazine signed by San Life People
3: magazine. Like, I think they even had Hitler on there, or, or is either Hitler or Stalin? Uh, you know, yeah, like, they uh, had everybody like, uh, throughout uh, uh, the years like, that, that uh, was making an impact on, on Time over magazine. The year. Yeah, yeah, all those. Yeah, so. I, I got a slew of that. So, so uh, Sandy Koufax is on there, Mike. Or, or he's on the cover. Oh wow, on the cover. Well, uh, he turned uh, eighty-eight today. Yeah.
2: Man, uh, boy, it was a short run for Sandy Koufax, but, man, was he dominant in that short ride. Good gracious. Um, He was as dominant as they uh, could get, and uh, there's a kind of jeopardy question about uh, he didn't pitch on Yom Kippur.
3: Oh, yeah, because the Jewish Jewish uh, faith,
2: Yom Kippur. Yeah,
3: Yeah, yeah. so
2: he he didn't pitch there. But, yeah, Sandy.
3: Tomato, tomato, uh, Kippur, Kippur, uh, and all the Jewish folks would know uh, how to pronounce it right? Yom Kippur, I think it is. But right. yeah, so he, he it was kind of like almost. Um, so uh, he skipped the, the start. It was yeah. kind of like almost, uh, what was that great movie? I liked the music. I remember Chariots of Fire. Fire. Yeah. And that, uh, I think it was maybe a seven day Adventist or something. And so he wouldn't run on, on certain days. Uh, if you were a Christian and think about this, you want to play pro football. Uh, you probably wouldn't be playing because all the games are on Sunday. Oh, I, I, that's God's day. It's one day of rest. I'm not going to play on Sunday. So you'd have to, uh, you'd have to uh, change up the way you're thinking or how you're worshiping. Uh, and take another day of rest instead of on Sunday. It was so funny after Ida, you
2: know, I uh, a phone service, which was erratic. People would call, hey, you family is okay. I'd say, yeah, we're okay. Did the, the memorabilia survive? That was the oh yeah, oh, no, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything was good. Uh, we survived. Then the memorabilia survived.
3: Now, uh, the question is, it's not a segue back, but uh, survive. Will Dennis Allen survive? Oh, uh, Mike, uh, when I look at this, uh, now, this will be interesting. Uh, Rod Walker, uh, I think he did a piece on it. And it was like, when you look at uh, where Dennis Allen's at right now, okay, we all know what he did with the, the Raiders. Dennis Allen he had two losing records in his first two seasons. He was four and twelve twice with the Oakland Raiders, and then he got fired after an zero and four start uh, in year three. So uh, you look at it uh, now in thirty two games with the Saints, uh, he's fourteen and eighteen, and if you look at uh, total, uh, if you count New Orleans and uh, an Oakland <coughs> years, he's twenty two and forty six. So I think there's a big enough sample size. Uh, Now, uh, and then you look at it, uh, like Rod was saying, uh, the Saints have struggled this season, to say the least, despite playing one of the easiest schedules ever in Saints history. And they've been relatively healthy. You know, especially during the early part of the season – I even going yeah, into the that's bye. That's not
2: an excuse. Oh, look at
3: the that's Cleveland not Browns. an excuse. The Cleveland Browns, they're on Flacco, quarter, fourth quarterback, and they, their lines hurt, and the, and the Browns keep yeah, winning. two starting tackles. Nick yes. Dub. Come on, you can't use that the, as an that, excuse. That's why I can't say, oh, well, we would have been better if we had got guys healthy. Uh, but but, but that, that's interesting that you look at it. And I was talking with Luke about this. Look, uh, the Indianapolis Colts are the only team with a winning record that the Saints beat this season. And then you look, okay, what happened last season? The Saints only beat two teams that finished with a winning record. The Seahawks and the most impressive win. Remember, the Eagles were 14-3. and They beat the Eagles, but they played without Jalen Hurts. And I still said, um, well, Jalen Hurts didn't play defense. That's when Lattimore had to pick six. Andy Dalton played good that game. And he made enough plays to come out on top. But uh, if you look at uh, where we're at right now, I think Dennis Allen – uh, okay, so let's say the Saints, we go 2-0. Let's say we beat Tampa Bay and we beat Atlanta and we don't make the postseason. That doesn't help the team, but it helps Dennis Allen. Because we go from uh, 7 wins all of a sudden to 9 wins, And he's never had a winning record. Nope. And all of a sudden, oh, we have a winning record. Uh, so we're trending in the right direction. So that's why I'm, I'm telling you, because we can go 2-0, because I don't, I don't think the Bucks are going 0-2. If we beat the Bucks, I, I just don't see uh, Carolina, you know, beating them now. Uh, you have to play the game. But you look at Dennis Allen right now, uh, and the one thing, I guess I count this because he was in charge, but he's 0-3 against Tampa Bay. But you remember the one game, the most unlikely score ever because they had Tom Brady, that Coach Allen, remember, beat the Bucks 9-0 to in 2021. Remember as we filling in for Sean Payton, it was 9-0. I, who would ever guess that Tom Brady got shut out on defense, shut him out. Dennis Allen, he, he came in. He took Sean Payne's place. We won 9-0 that game. Uh, but, the, yeah, but, but you look at where the Saints at right now. Uh, the, the, and this happened. Uh, who would you say the worst loss of the Saints and Dennis Allen this season? You know what I say? The Bucks game. We got embarrassed. No, no. We, we were two and zero. It was twenty six nine, and it wasn't uh, uh, that close, right? And, it really was. And the thing is, oh, we got off to you know two and zero start, and you're optimistic heading into the game, and now since two and zero start, uh, we're five and eight. So how can you say we're training in the right direction? So I know Saints management, uh, they have to realize that. That, that I mean, you just have to look at where we're at right now. And uh, but if you look at, like if we have the same song and dance, and you go seven wins, seven wins, I mean, how can you not make changes? And you say you You had to. You gotta make changes
2: on this staff. I mean, there's no question about it. You're not trending in the right direction here. Uh, Your squad's getting older in certain areas. And you're
3: missing the playoffs a third straight year. How you how you sell that to the fan base? Well, again, we're not just P.E. class. We're not just trying to be it's co- not participation. competitive. Yeah, we're not just being competitive. No, once you win a Super Bowl, Mike, remember, we, you know, even we won like four NFC South titles. So look at the Tampa Bay's like going to win three straight to have an opportunity. So, uh, no, if you want the fan base to get excited about the team, you have to do something impactful. It can't be the same song and dance.
2: We'll be back with more of our WWL Sports Talk Saturday, live from Rousers Markets, 4500 Choppatula Street. Uh, Shop Rousers for your black-eyed peas and cabbage for New Year's Day. We'll be back, and we'll have Wilson Alexander from the Reliac Quest Bowl out in Florida talking to us about LSU-Wisconsin. Welcome back to a special edition of Saturday's WWL Sports Talk. Mike to tell you, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, We're live from Rouse's Markets, 4500 Chappatula Street. Uh, Come on by and uh, you got a large selection of spirits, wine, champagne, liquor, beer for your New Year's Eve and New Year's Day celebration with friends. So stop on by, get a. Get a little bit and, uh, you know, cheer on the uh, start of the 2024 year.
3: Well, they got a bunch of uh, – they're bringing the new year uh, cash money, a bunch of green cabbage uh, right in front of us. Look at those heads, how pretty, that head of cabbage, how pretty. Mike. that looks about as fresh as fresh could be. That's as
2: fresh could be. That looked like bayou cabbage, man.
3: So, yeah, we got the promotion. Mike, what is like free green cabbage? Uh, what does that promotion <laughs> Okay. In? Uh, this is the deal: when you
2: get up to five pounds of cabbage free when you purchase a five-pound bag of Rouse's Red, Russet, or Gold potatoes.
3: Yeah, uh, but who doesn't love uh, good
2: potatoes, huh? You no, know, that that I take. On our Oakwood Hard Jewelers Talk and Text line uh, from Florida, he's covering the LSU, Wisconsin game. We're live, Quest Bow Wilson, Alexander Wilson. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time, and uh, man. Uh, Is this going to be similar to last year, like Purdue Part 2? Wait, I see all these guys from Wisconsin. They tagging out like it's an old tag team, and and their partner's getting beaten up. Their two top receivers have opted out. They in the transfer portal. One's already uh, signed up with another team. Their top running back, he's coming out early for the NFL draft. Their starting center has left. He's coming out early for the NFL draft. So it, it has some... Similarities to what we saw last year when and it almost looked like an evacuation center at, at Purdue when the LSU played them.
3: And, 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 Wilson, now I don't know. You're watching a bowl game. I'm watching. Look how sorry Ohio State's offense was. <laughs> <laughs> they down to the third string quarterback. So is that the day and age we're living in now? Uh, I, I, I can't wait now for the expanded playoffs because um, – uh, You're not you going to see all that. Uh, uh, right, right. I, mean, see. I was like, oh, that that wasn't a good product out there.
4: Yeah, well, you know, I don't think it's going to be quite the way that it was last year with Purdue. I mean, that was also a Purdue team that's entire coaching staff had basically been gutted as well. And so you don't, you aren't dealing with that with Wisconsin. This is Luke Spickle's first season over there, and, you know, they're kind of uh, ascending and trying to get things in place and build upwards instead of, you know, everything getting sort of stripped away and a new staff coming in. And so. I think in that way, it's much different from the Citrus Bowl last year. You know, you do have some opt-outs with Wisconsin. Like you said Braylon Allen and uh, Tanner Bortolini is their center who's out. Yeah, and see, that's a
2: big loss. Wilson, uh, Wilson, I'm going to give you a tip. You're losing that center, that ain't never good. Because now you've got a guy that's hardly ever played or he's being swung from guard to center. Other than quarterback, I think it's the most difficult position to play that you get put in there. It is really hard, and it's an
3: old gambler line. Yeah, yeah, what was that, Mike? What the yeah, percentage?
2: Uh, yeah, Dilliberto gave me this years ago. Like, it's 79% of the time you lose your starting center, you, you lose your next the, game. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so that's never good. Yep. <laughs>
4: No, that's certainly a loss for Wisconsin. And, and they've got someone who hasn't played in a couple of years, kind of an interesting journey. But, you know, it's going to be sort of thrust into that spot now at centers. But I still don't think it's quite the same as what Purdue was dealing with last year in terms of uh, the amount of turnovers that they had. Uh, there's a little bit more of a Wisconsin team that's intact, and especially in the coaching staff.
3: Now, uh, Wilson, obviously everyone's excited about looking about Nussmeier, uh, an opportunity for him. You know, had practices. Now he's the man. And, what's, you know, looking into the offseason with LSU's offense. I'm still more worried. uh, What kind of product is LSU going to put out there uh, defensively? Because Wisconsin's offense, nothing to write home about. And neither is LSU's defense. Uh, uh, Yeah, so what what I'm saying, (laughs) I'm looking at it. uh, Boy, Wisconsin, I'd be extremely disappointed if they would gash us and our defense. And, you know, uh, what do you think if you look in your crystal ball as far as defensive staff changes? All I know is when you rank 104th nationally in total defense, you're giving up 409 yards allowed per game. Um, that That's kind of the second uh, time around with Bull Pelini, uh, those kind of negative uh, numbers.
4: There's certainly going to be some defensive staff changes made in the offseason. I'll, I'll be surprised if they're not. Um, you know, what those are going to be specifically, can't say just yet. I think we're going to get a better, much you know better idea. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, coming out of the bowl game. And um, I think Brian Kelly will begin to make those sorts of changes, and we'll kind of see how that shakes out. Um, he sort of waited, uh, you know, got through recruiting and now getting to the bowl game, sort of keeping everything intact. And we've seen every defensive coach out there still uh, to this point. So nothing has changed at the moment. But like you said, when the defense was that. Um, uh, porous this season, uh, you know, something's got to get better on, on that side of the ball. And so, you know, we'll see in terms of uh, what comes next And in, in, in this game, specifically against Wisconsin, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot that you has to worry about. This is not a dynamic Wisconsin offense. They sort of changed their philosophy in this first year under Luke Fickle, bringing in Phil Longo as the offensive courtier going a little bit more spread air rate than they have been in the past. One thing that LSU's defensive players said that they're kind of, you know, their scouting report, as it were, is that Wisconsin's still very physical, especially up front on the offensive line. Even without their center, that was kind of the thing that sort of stood out to them on film. So they're going to have to, they said, be able to match that physicality in this game. And even with Braylon Allen uh, opting out, Wisconsin's backup running back, uh, was described by Whit Weeks as a bowling ball. So that's kind of what they're anticipating from the Badgers.
3: Now, uh, Wilson, you're bringing up uh, recruiting and the stability with the coaching staff and all that. um What approach do you take in the future, or uh, is it a mixed bag? Like, for instance, you look at Ole Miss's approach, not necessarily a a top high school class, uh, but then number one, uh, transfer portal. Uh, Well, What do you think uh, teams are going to do or still, like, wait and see uh, what can work for your particular school? Uh, What are you a fan of uh, when you break that down?
4: Well, you know, there's certainly different ways to do it, and it depends on kind of what's available and successful for your program. You know, LSU is usually able to get top recruits out of the high school ranks, and so that seems to be a good way to go. Um, you know, and we saw them this past year try to, you know, rely so heavily on the transfer portal out of a necessity as just really a cornerback. And, you know, the first year that they did that, it worked out okay. You brought in some veterans and they, and they were able to play pretty good football for you. And this last year, it really didn't work out at all. The whole last month, the regular season, didn't have any of those four transfer cornerbacks that they brought in. And now two of them, Deuce and Denver Harris, are just gone completely. It's such a <laughs> volatile thing. You have to hit on it. Um, if you're going to go that direction that it, it can be tough, you know, it, it can work. Um, but it's not necessarily uh, going to, and um, at least in, you know, in terms of what LSU is going to do, it is try to rely more on the transfer portal. You know, we're going to have to wait and see if that was, excuse me, not on the transfer portal, on the high school ranks and high not rely yeah. heavily on the transfer portal. Um, and we'll have to kind of wait and see, you know, especially next season, how that pans out um, because they've only added three transfers so far. But Brian Kelly said repeatedly he wants to get this roster to a point where it's built on the high school ranks. And they're getting close, much closer to that. With now this sort of third recruiting class has come in under this staff. Um, and you, you know, that's been reflected certainly in these transfer numbers with LSU only adding three so far. They'll probably add a few more. I'd expect them to maybe get a few corners, uh, at least one. Um, but, you know, at the moment, there's kind of a standing pat here. And so we'll see um, if that ends up being the right approach. But that's certainly the one that they're taking at the moment.
2: Wilson, uh, your thoughts on the return of Makai Wingo because um, Jordan Jefferson has played well uh, along defensive line. He's one of the few guys this year that's really played well. Greg Penn also, man, I, I don't want to leave him out. But uh, bringing Mackay back, because uh, I know he's been off for a while, and there that's always a little bit of rust when you've missed that much time. But he was such a good player. That'd be question one. But in question two, with Garrett Nussmeier, uh, I think the best way to get him to play his best is to get a running game going. And I think that you know, you got – I think – I was told this to Bob. That's a star in the backfield. And that's Caleb Jackson. Somewhere along the line, you got to say, okay, kid, uh, get in there and take over. I know he wants to do this running back by committee with Josh Williams, with Noah Kane, uh, that sort of thing. But that guy, to me, looks like a star player. So do you expect that maybe LSU might – they're not going to get away from what they do and that's throw the football, but try to run a little bit more because of Garrett and secondly, the impact of getting Makai wingo back.
4: To start with Makai, it's certainly an impact, especially because he's you know not dealing with that core muscle injury that he was there in the middle of the season. That was something that flared up on him uh, really after the Florida State game, intensified after the Missouri game, and then you know it was something he just he couldn't play through anymore and had to get repaired. It, it was uh, you know t- uh, some tears in his adductor, his, you know muscles that had torn away from his pelvis that had to get fixed. And so now that he's sort of back and that's fixed, they should be able to get a version of Makai Wingo that you kind of saw in the Florida State game, especially in that first half of that game. I mean, he was dominant, and that's kind of what they're expecting to see a little bit more of. Uh, Greg Penn said that having Makai really helps them the whole front seven. These are his words. Feels more comfortable with Makai Wingo out there. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what the snap count is with Makai because he has not – uh, played now here in a few weeks. We've seen him mostly with the second team defense when we've been out of practice, even though that's been limited. And Jordan Jefferson and Mason Smith kind of being the starters. But Makai is certainly going to have a role uh, of some kind in this game as he comes back, I and mean, that should benefit the defense. As it, for no. Garrett in the running game, yeah. they're definitely, you know going to need to have a running game, like you said, in this game, because you're not going to have Jaden Daniels' legs, and that was sort of the generator of the run game, especially over the last month of the season. What, so I, I don't know if they're going to, in terms of the personnel that they use, how much different it's going to be. We've seen a lot of Josh Williams and Logan Diggs at practice uh, running when the first and second team offense, not as much of Caleb necessarily. So maybe it's it doesn't happen in this game um, specifically. But there is, um, you know, the way that they run the football might look a little bit different. I mean, you know, you don't have Jaden Daniels' legs. And even though Garrett's got a little bit more speed than people maybe give him credit for, it's not Jaden Daniels' you know speed. Right. And so potentially I'll be really interested just to see if they do some different little schematic things to try to get the run game going. Um, that maybe they start to, you know, do some things that aren't just inside handoffs and zone reads and that kind of stuff, which was so effective with Jaden.
3: Now, uh, you know, Wilson, looking at first things first, obviously you got the bowl game against Wisconsin. Uh, you know, LSU fans are always looking ahead. Then you got spring ball. And then I'm looking at the upcoming schedule. I don't know if it's ever, uh, and uh, I'm a lot older than you, obviously, but I don't know if there's ever been a more attractive schedule. When you consider, consider, like, from the fan base, household names, you're playing in Las Vegas against USC. Then you got UCLA coming to Baton Rouge. Then you play in Oklahoma. I don't know if I've ever witnessed a regular, not even, you know, looking at the SEC schedule, I don't know if they've ever had a, a more flamboyant type schedule than what they have next year. And Alabama at home. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, with, un, it's with unbelievable. With a potential national championship team. Uh, no, it, 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 I don't know if there's ever been a, a more
4: attractive schedule. It is. I love that word flamboyant that you use for it. Uh, you know, and it's really yeah. <laughs> it's it's great. I mean, you've got UCLA at home, and you've got Oklahoma at home and Alabama at home and Ole Miss at home. And, um, you know, even starting the season, you know, on the road in Las Vegas against USC is such an interesting right. kind of matchup and a fun place for, you know, for fans to get to go to to start the year, you know, in Vegas. And um, it's just going to be a, a really great schedule, um, you know, and it's, it's kind of appropriate, you know, it's going to test LSU. We're going to find out a lot about LSU really through the first uh, four weeks of the season when you've got, you know, we don't know yet a lot about these teams necessarily, but, you know, you go uh, on the road uh, for a neutral site game against USC. Your SEC opener is at South Carolina, and then you come back to play UCLA and Tiger Stadium. That's three games that uh, in a four-week stretch that should reveal a lot about this team kind of right off the bat. It doesn't get any easier. It's a tough schedule, but it's also just, I think, very appealing for fans and it's kind of a perfect thing to have in the 100th year of Tiger Stadium.
2: Wilson, the other thing, too, is, you know, uh, you and I and Bob all feel the same way about this. We're we ready for summer to be over with <laughs> in late September. Man, it's way too damn hot. But this next year, this year coming up, I hope it's hot that Saturday when UCLA comes to Tiger Stadium. Oh, yeah. What Man, they, they ain't used to this
3: type of heat and humidity. Well, the, the I can guarantee that. you that. <laughs> You know, I, I remember old school uh, Wilson, like Mike, saying, uh, Hobie Brenner, I played with the Saints, and when USC was number one in the nation. Hokie played on that team. And, 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 and LSU, LSU had him. Yeah. And uh, Hokie I mean, uh, Hobie Brenner told me he was in the middle of second court. He thought he was dying. <laughs> the air was so thick. And then I think another Man. game, Mike, we had played in Nebraska – Early in September, Early in September and uh, and it, they might they, they thought like, "What we playing in the jungle?" The humidity was unbelievable. So that can be a, a Tiger Stadium advantage. That, that's why you know if you're going to have a hot, humid Saturday
4: when UCLA night, comes to town. let it
2: happen when <laughs> UCLA comes in.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean definitely, and, and and it's like you know that first kind of big home game of the year next year because you got yeah. Nichols on the schedule at home. Um, and with all due respect to Nichols, I mean, you know UCLA is that big kind of brand name uh, program that kind of comes in, and so it should be a really hyped atmosphere. And um, you know LSU is also going to be kind of trying to get revenge for that 2021 opener in a way, and oh, you know God. that that'll so it should be a good matchup there in Tiger Stadium, a team you don't usually see play. Wilson, thanks so much for
2: joining us this afternoon. I don't get to talk to you before. Happy New Year's to you. Bring
3: home a W. So, so Wilson, you think they come out on top? Well, give us a score.
4: What's your prediction? Yeah, I've got LSU 30, Wisconsin 20. I think LSU's offensive okay. firepower with Malik Neighbors and uh, Brian Thomas on the outside proves to be the difference. I wish you'd have said
2: 31-20. You'd have covered. <laughs> All right, Wilson. Thank you, brother. Take. uh, Happy Happy New Year Year to the family. All right, Wilson. Thank you, brother. We'll be back with more Sports Talk here, a special edition of Saturday's version of Sports Talk, live from Rouse's Markets, 4500 Chapatula Street. Uptown, Come on by and visit us. And, again, you can get five pounds of cabbage free when you purchase a five-pound bag of Rouse's Red Russet or Gold Potatoes. Limit one per customer. We'll be back with more Sports Talk right after this break. We're finishing up here, our number one of Sports Talk here on the Big 870, a special Saturday version. Uh, Mike, to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, live from Rouse's Markets. 4,500 Chapatulas. Come on by and visit us. We'll be here until 4 o'clock this afternoon talking a lot of football. We'll have Jeff Huntley, the CEO. The uh, Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl, yeah. We'll that's a big game us. coming and, man, up. That's a big game. And Texas has taken over, Bob. Yeah, and I walked out t- Thursday. taking over, Nola. <laughs> and yeah, they yeah. are taking over. Got the big Texas sign and everything all around. And when I'm passing here, I see two big billboards. Hook em horns. We'll be back with more sports talk right after the news break on the Big 870.